0: what is going on everybody welcome back to another episode of the process podcast i'm your host Charlie Odkowski, joined as always by my best friend and co-host nick veronica
1: Nikki v how are we doing today hey charlie doing all right up here uh unseasonably warm up in buffalo right now so we're we're holding on to it while it's here and we need the offense to catch a little bit of fire (laughs) what do you think
0: need the offense to be unseasonably warm uh right now i guess but yeah like, that was what i was your... trying
1: to say and, and you said it don't don't jinx yourself
0: there from what i have seen there is snow heading towards uh west next week i'm not
1: listening i'm not listening i'm not listening it's
0: okay down here in hot land we will be a brisk 37 degrees on thursday morning of next week so um i understand your pain but no snow we'll have sunshine okay so but, you know, with that cold weather, maybe the Bills offense can, uh, you know, light a fire. Maybe they can get that fire back under him under them and they can, uh, you know, come out and, and and finally start playing Buffalo Bills football. Nick, we, we obviously didn't do a podcast last week. You were away on vacation and, uh, you know, we kind of took a break. But give me your opinion here. Give me your thoughts from what you saw uh, from your vacation, from the Giants game, from that offense. Offense struggled last week. They didn't, you know, they've struggled really for three weeks in a row. They struggled against Jacksonville. They struggled against the Giants team who, Nick, on this podcast, I said they were going to score 50 points. They were lucky to get out of there with 19.
1: You know, And
0: they clearly struggled last week against a very, very bad New England Patriots team. What is going on with this offense?
1: Yeah, it's weird to think about it in the scope of the season where the best game that they had played was the Miami game. Coming into it thinking Miami just put up 70. This is a heavyweight showdown, and the Bills kicked their ass, and it was great. And you would think that they would be, you know, firing on all cylinders. Instead, they go three weeks in a row, and it's happened to be the first time since they drafted Josh Allen that they've been outgained three games in a row. The offense uh, can't get out of, of neutral. They can't score until like the end of the fourth quarter. It's been it's been a weird three weeks. This is is supposed to be the easy part of their schedule. The part that we're talking about, hey, you know, maybe these injuries on defense, they can, you know, sort it out because they have the the soft schedule coming up. Uh, They're one and two in their last three uh, through this part of the schedule. This is not uh, the coast, the easy part that it's supposed to be. And this seems like we we talked about this last year, too. It's the, you know, the alleged easy part of the schedule. They make very difficult on themselves, and that's frustrating. Uh, there's a lot of, I mean, we could go, how many different ways you want to go on offense? But, I mean, just like it's the slow starts. It's the thing. People are missing some drops. Josh Allen has people, and they're not catching it. Um, I'm sorry he, he, he has people he's missing them Uh yeah I was thinking of of uh, Dawson Knox at the end of the Giants game there you would have liked to see him hold on to the ball he didn't reel it in last week against Patriots you would like to see him hold on to that fourth down it gets knocked out and it comes out he's going to have wrist surgery so um, well, let, there's, let's there's touch there's on a... that real quick okay so
0: Dawson Knox going off for wrist surgery you know this is a team that likes to run you know, a 12 personnel offense, you know, two tight ends, two receivers. Um, Toss Knox is out. You got uh, Quentin Morris is already ruled out. Your only healthy tight end is really Dalton Kincaid. And you can say also um, uh, the tight end, Reggie Gilliam, who is, you know, fullback, but Reggie Gilliam is also listed as a tight end on this roster. So, do they go back to 11 personnel where they have had success this year, had success in years past, and have seemed to really have gotten away from that um, in the last few weeks?
1: Yeah, uh, it should be, a, to me, an easy answer. Yes. Um, the 11 and a half personnel, as they have joked, has not really come to uh, much fruition so far, or had they haven't had much success with it, at least um, in a weird way. Knox not being there will probably force them to get three receivers in the field. Uh, to me, that's a welcome change. I want to see more Deontay Hardy. I want to see mm-hmm. more Khalil Shakir. Um, let those guys, those guys, they're doing well when they get the ball. And it seems like it's it's been really forced to get Knox and Kincaid out there together, and the results have not been great. Uh, Kincaid coming off a career game, which is nice to see. I think he had mm-hmm. eight for seventy-five yards. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also you're like, where the heck is Gabe Davis? Like, this is the Patriots. You know that they're trying to take away digs. Gabe Davis is like doing his. You know, it's it's spooky season, Charlie. He's dressing up like a ghost on Sundays and just just going missing out there. Like, where where is he in the offense? And if you know how many times have we said it, they could have addressed wide receiver and they didn't. And they said, nope, Gabe's their guy. Mm-hmm. uh he can't even get targets and so i don't know you know is josh not seeing him is he not trusting him is he not coming I don't open I think he getting open. yeah i mean he's not even getting the, like he hasn't dropped the ball this year cuz he hasn't even had passes thrown to him it's like the weirdest thing
0: he you know my thing with Gabe Davis and yeah you know, i i a friend of the podcast Nate Geary was on um you know the overtime show on Sunday and Sunday was just one of those ga- one of those days where I'm like, you know what? I'm just gonna sit here miserable and cook dinner and listen to the post game show and just be miserable for the rest of the day and nobody talk to me. Um the my Sunday night got a, my Sunday night got a lot better when Miami lost, um, which made me very happy. However, um with all that said, Nate Gary did say and he gets got right on the show, he goes, Gabe Davis sucks. It's terrible. And I, and I couldn't agree with him more. I mean, like you said, Nick, the guy is just a ghost out there. We don't see him on the field. We don't see him making catches. Um, you know, he, he had a really good catch. Was it the Giants game or the Jaguars game? Uh, I think it was the Jaguars game. He went up, grabbed that yeah, ball. Yeah, Jags there down there, the right two side. Feet down. Yeah. That's the Gabe Davis we saw two years ago. But I feel like Gabe Davis is a player who, okay, he makes his one big play. Boom, touchdown, one big play. And that's all you see from him. You don't, and, and and usually the play is just Gabe Davis just running straight. And there's the catch. He has a limited route tree. He's, he he's not a great route runner as it is on that limited route tree. To me, Buffalo needs to find an upgrade there. And we're, we'll mm-hmm. talk about trade deadline towards the end here, but you know, maybe that's something that they address, but they need to find a way to do it. You mentioned Deontay Hardy. Why is he not on the field? Why are we seeing Dawson Knox on the field more than Deontay Hardy?
1: I don't you know? know. I mean, you you could make the case that they're trying to force this two tight end look,
0: force this run, force the run. Is my opinion. Um, you know, Sean McDermott has preached for 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 years, balanced offense, balanced offense, balanced offense. Well, now you have a balanced offense. Your running game starting to look good. You know, I feel like Gabe Davis has to be on the field strictly because Gabe Davis is a run blocker, and he's he's a good run blocker. I will give him that. If there's one thing Gabe Davis does well, it's run blocking but Gabe Davis isn't coming off the field for Jante Hardy. But why not put Hardy in the slot? You know, I'm seeing a lot of people saying buff they want to see Buffalo go get a um go get a, a a slot receiver. They don't need one. They have Hardy, they have Shakir. Shakir has been open multiple times. Josh Allen's just not seeing him. There's one play from last week where Shakir runs three steps on second and 7, runs three or four steps, three or four yards, turns around, wide open doesn't get the pass, Sean, or uh, Josh Allen's not even looking at him. Josh Allen's looking 40 yards downfield. If he hits Shakir there, maybe Shakir picks up five or six. And you're looking at third and one. Instead of, um, you know, Sean, or I'm, I'm sorry, I keep saying Sean McDermott. Josh Allen tried to run for the uh, first down in that play and only gained a yard. Um, you know, on top of that, what are we not getting from this offense? We're not getting Josh Allen-designed runs. We're not seeing Josh Allen just playing loose, free Josh Allen football. So my question to you, Nick, is going to be, are we looking at an issue with Josh Allen's head mentally? Are we looking at an issue with the offensive coordinator? Or is Sean McDermott really preaching to his offensive coordinator and to his team, do not let Josh run the ball, do not let Josh play loose and free, play inside the system, and so on and so forth? Uh,
1: I think, uh, to be honest with you, and not to like scapegoat your question here, I think – Yes to all three. I think we know that Sean McDermott wants the game plan as a whole to be a little bit more safe for Josh and some of those runs are going to be less and in some ways that that's good, but can you find a little bit more of a balance to at least make it a threat for teams to worry about? Um, I think Ken Dorsey's like really on the hot seat in some social media circles. At least Sean McDermott doesn't seem phased, but the the play calls are they're just not matching up with the people they have right now and with with what they're seeing and they look they look overmatched by by the defensive schemes, and then Josh needs to make more plays. He's missing open receivers. Uh, he is seemingly trying to look too far downfield, not taking the short stuff, mm-hmm. not even throwing hot on against blitzes like he's he's got. Um, He's got people like, like you know where the, the in the space that was vacated by defenders and the ball's not coming out. Um so that there, there's a lot of blame to go around. Ken Dorsey is a popular punching bag. Uh, well, so
0: with with that with that being said, right? You you mentioned Sean McDermott first. Sean McDermott, in my opinion, yes, he's a head coach. He should have his hands and everything going on around the team. I understand that. But at the same time, he's not the one up there calling somebody's plays. And I'm not putting everything on. Ken Dorsey, I know that I have in multiple text messages to you and and everybody else that I am putting so much more on Ken Dorsey, but after going back and really watching the play and kind of having time to digest, it's not all on Ken Dorsey. There's a big issue with Josh Allen, but Josh Allen has seemed to regress and take that step back. So how much more of that goes on the coaching staff, goes on Ken Dorsey, and even one of my personal favorites, how much of that goes on Joe Brady? He's the quarterback's coach. Is Joe Brady maybe just not, you know, communicating those things with Josh Allen? Does Ken Dorsey maybe need to be on the sideline to be right there talking to Josh? You come off the field. Let's sit down and talk about what we got to do. You know, maybe maybe Dorsey needs to be down on the field, not up in the box. Um, You know, my, my big issue with Ken Dorsey isn't necessarily the lack of execution because that's clearly on the players. You can't put that on the head coach. Ken Dorsey doesn't throw that interception on the first offensive play of the game. Josh Allen did, right? But it's the play calls that he makes in certain situations. The perfect example was, why in the hell do you have Dawson Knox and Latavius Murray out wide in the red zone? To me, I don't want to see Dawson Knox out wide. He's my tight end. I want him running five yards and in or something, five yards and curl something. Give me, give me something. Why is he way out playing out wide? What are we doing? I I don't understand some of some of what Ken Dorsey is doing. And I know with the DVOA say and all the analytics guys who want to say, well, look, this team is still top three in this and top five in this, and this offense really isn't as bad as it thinks. Bullshit. I have eyes, you have eyes, this fan base has eyes. This fan base isn't just a bunch of morons. Yes, we're maybe pregame they are. But after the, after the game is over, this fan base understands what's going on on, this, on the field. This fan base lives, eats, and breathes Buffalo Bills football. This fan base knows what's going on. Use your eyes. Who cares what the analytics say about what they're doing? Use your eyes. This offense is not producing at all. And it starts with, in my opinion, it starts with coaching, whether it's whether you want to point the finger at Sean McDermott, whether you want to point the finger at Ken Dorsey, but it starts with coaching, and Josh Allen's a close second. We have not seen the Josh Allen that we saw in the first half of the season last year in many games. We saw once this year, and that was in the Miami Dolphins game.
1: And it was beautiful. It's like it's there somewhere. It seems to me to be a failure on the coaching side, like that they fail to tap into that, that they can't seem to unlock. They have they have this MVP caliber player in there, and they Mm -hmm. can't get him out. Mm -hmm.
0: You know, it's it's a problem because you know you want to see him cut down on the runs. I get that, but I also don't need Josh Allen looking at a. Fourth and two situation, like he did with Dawson Knox, and force the ball into a window with Dawson Knox when he clearly could have ran to pick up a first down.
1: I mean, he had Knox open, but like for a full second or two before he threw the ball. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think, I think he had uh, Shakir open on top of the screen too, and then ball just ball didn't come out. And I don't know if he's if he's worried about something, if he's processing slower, if he's. Hoping to look for digs on every single play. Like I don't, I don't, know what the answer is, but it's like it's not, it's not happening in rhythm. I and mean, mm-hmm. is he trying to? Is Josh trying to do too much? Is he actually worried about the shoulder injury? Like I don't know how, how bad this is. They they want to make it sound like it's not bad. It's not really limiting him, but he missed some throws that he normally doesn't miss. Last week he seemed he didn't. You know the trigger is not being pulled, and when it's you know. You know, we're, we're talking about half seconds here. Like, like that's what it is. And when it's, you know, just uh, uh, that extra half second, mm-hmm. like, that's what makes you think. And yeah, like, maybe that shoulder is, you know, he she should have cocked it and let it go, and he hesitated for a second. Like, that's the difference. Like, like that small amount of time is what makes it and breaks it.
0: But you know what, though? That shoulder, as much as people want to talk about the shoulder, looked perfectly fine on that deep bomb that he threw to Stefan Diggs with 12 seconds left in the game. And hell, Diggs had that ball in his hands and he's got to hold on to that th- That catch.
1: was kind of a drop.
0: That was a drop on Diggs. That's a that's a catch that Diggs makes. And he makes that catch, get the ball at the thirty with five seconds left. Anything's possible at that point, right? Maybe it's a different different ball game.
1: Mm-hmm. But it would be holy nice if, if they would have made a field goal earlier in the game. <laughs>
0: We'll talk about that in a second because I'm not ready to get in Tyler Bass yet. I'm still still hounding on this offense. We still got to talk defense too. But one more point on the offense that you you made, Nick, was you know, you said Sean McDermott seems to be very supportive of what Ken Dorsey is doing. Now you've been in that press room. You've, you know, have asked Sean McDermott questions in the past. In your opinion, and I'll give my opinion, but I want your opinion first. Is Sean McDermott a coach who is gonna say this stuff to the media just to kind of you know, he doesn't like to give a lot to the media. So is he just trying to be like, Yeah, no, everything's fine and holding stuff close to the vest, and you know, meanwhile, behind the scenes it's something else, or is he really telling you what his thoughts are on what's going on? What what I'm referring to is him saying that he fully, you know, backs and supports Ken Dorsey, you know, I I back and support this guy, that guy, so on and so forth that are clearly part of the issue.
1: Everything Sean says is measured and it has a purpose and he does not shoot from the hip. So I and I, w- I will say also Sean is a no matter what you think of him as an X's nose guy. He is a good leader of men. Mm-hmm. So when Sean is asked, do you have any would you? I uh, forget the way the question. By the way, that, that question never that got mad at Tim Grant. That was a fine question. Was, I think he said, "Would you can or what level? How much would you would you give consideration to having someone else call the plays?" Mm-hmm. And you know, it was it was not a leading question. He just wanted to know what the coach thought, and that's how you find out. You ask him. I, and Sean, I'm said, glad that he asked that question. And, yeah, and Sean said none, zero, and which was which is a good answer. From him because it's it's strong and it takes a stand and you got to know, you know, are you going to fire Ken Dorsey like after week seven? Like probably not. And if you want things to change, make the guy feel comfortable and secure. And like that, that is the best way to hopefully get the best out of him, I think. And Sean is cognizant of that. And I think everything he says, he says it for a reason.
0: So do you think that he's saying these things to the media? because uh, you know, I'll give my opinion. I think that he says stuff to the media just to kind of be like, look, everything's fine. And, you know, but meanwhile, behind closed doors, I do think that Ken Dorsey may may be on the hot seat. I think he may be the scapegoat, you know, will be the first. I don't think Sean McDermott gets fired after this year, even if they miss playoffs. Uh, I don't he's, think Sean is Mc... incredibly safe. Yeah, I and I don't think he even goes on the hot seat next year if they start off slow next year. Right? I mean he just signed an extension. Mm -hmm. But I think Ken Dorsey would be that scapegoat if they don't make playoffs. Yeah, so my question my my
1: question for you there is Josh Allen clearly wanted Dorsey to be the guy who replaced Dable. How much consideration do you have to give to who Josh wants to hear it from?
0: I don't know if I let Josh pick. I mean Unless Brian Dale was getting fired, which, after what we saw from that handshake the other day, I don't know if Dable would, would come back to Buffalo. Um, cause that was a cold, cold handshake after the Giants game. Um, but I, I don't know. I don't know where, where I'd stand with that. I mean, I think, yes, I need my, my coach to have input. And I'm said it multiple times on this podcast, Nick, on this show. I'm a big fan of Joe Brady. I think, you know, Joe Brady got eight games in Carolina and got fired. But he was able to run one of the best offenses, and I know that it was, was college football. I know that it was the SEC. I know that Joe Burrow was his quarterback. I understand all of that. But he ran it, and, and, and the receivers he had were just incredible. But he ran a damn well offense at LSU with with, with Joe Burrow. You can come, If you come into the NFL and run that offense with a quarterback like Josh Allen, with that talent, I think the sky's the limit with that offense with Joe Brady. You know, he has play calling experience. Ken Dorsey didn't have any of that experience coming Mm -hmm. into that role.
1: Yeah, Um, I I think one thing, though, you got to remember, too, is if you are looking at that in season, like this is, it's not going to be Joe Brady's offense. It would be like the mm -hmm. offense is installed. It would be Joe Brady's version of the Ken Dorsey offense.
0: But Joe Brady would also be making the play calls. Sure. You know, I one thing I think this team needs to do more that's crazy as it sounds, because I know how much the coach loves to preach balance. Throw the ball more. I know, I know he threw the ball forty-one times. No, Josh Allen threw the ball forty-one times last week. They ran the ball quite well, but you know, throw the ball more. Throw shotgun plays. Yeah,
1: they, they've also been behind. Like their their like yeah. neutral game script rate has been a little shaded, more shaded toward run than you would like. There's been a lot of first and second down runs in you know, early in the game, and you're kind of just like, why? Like, what? Well, why are we doing that?
0: I think, and that that's where play call comes in. Like, what what are we doing, right? Which, on top of it, speaking of running the ball, does this team only have like one running play? What do you it's mean? that run run out of shotgun, run out of shotgun, or let's run out of the eye formation down fourteen points. Like, what are we doing? That's where my anger goes towards Ken Dorsey. It's where these play calls come from and what is he thinking about when he's making these play calls, right? I know, like I said, I know some of it falls back on Josh Allen. Some of it falls back on, um, you know, the players. I get that. But but where what what is the thought process going into running the?
1: Yeah, the, I mean, I remember you know. we we talked about like literally after week one this year when Josh was was flustered and he said they gotta make it easier on Josh and they came out the next week with some runs, some short passes, some quick like just to kind of get his feet wet, get him in the game, and we were giving that praise and it worked. Um, and I wonder how much of that is still like in in the play caller's mind. Do we need to like ease Josh into the game? Do we need to start with some runs? Do we need to make give him some qu- quick, easy throws to start? Um, I don't, I don't know because I like I recall us being praiseworthy of that, or, or us giving praise to that earlier in the year, and now you see it happening, and you're like, hey, it's seven weeks into the mm-hmm. season, are we still doing that? Because, because you know, you nice job getting two yards in that run, but you know, you could you could have pass with the MVP guy. One thing that this team needs
0: to learn to do is run a screenplay. I've never seen a team just be completely shit at running screenplays for three years.
1: <laughs> Isn't that crazy?
0: Like they can't run a receiver screen. They can't run a running back screen. You you drafted a guy like James Cook because of what he can do with his hands, because of what he could do out of the backfield catching the ball. They don't get the ball to him out the backfield. Yeah. He had a beautiful the beautiful catch this week. Had a beautiful catch in the Giants game too, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, the nice little floater that Josh Allen had to him. I mean, the guy can catch the ball. I'll tell you oh, what. You know what? Put him in the slot for all I care.
1: You want to see? You want to see? I mean, just, just go empty. Just go five wide. I don't care what you do. Just
0: do something to move this ball. Make this <laughs> offense look like they're competent.
1: Yeah, listen. I'll tell you. The the defense on the Patriots' final drive looked like they'd never seen a screen pass all, all summer. They're like, oh my gosh, the Patriots cost her. how many missed tackles okay. did like
0: you want to talk about that? Don't even t- bring up that screen pass because that was clearly a legal man downfield, and I don't know how you pick up that flag.
1: Um, I tweeted that and it got a lot of engagement, and I looked deeper into the rules, and it was much, much closer than I thought once you slowed it down. I don't know why I thought uh it, the timing I was looking at is when the guy catches the ball. According to the rule book, the timing is when the throw leaves the quarterback's hand and it when i stopped the camera right there it's like the guy the the center his body was was like clearly far like more than a yard downfield but like his his back leg was still like in the air and it was like sort of close i think they could have called it especially because like it was just such a soft throw and by the time you know the guy actually catches it i mean he's like almost 10 yards downfield throwing a block and it, it looks ridiculous. Um when I went back and slowed it down and read through the rule book, it was way closer than I thought.
0: But but it's crazy to me that four officials on the field picked that flag up and the call came from New York to pick the flag up.
1: Uh yeah, but like no explanation to anybody. Like no. that's that's like no. the weirdest part. Like that's two weeks no. in a row, three weeks in a row almost, where uh, you know, very like game-changing penalty here is just like oops. We don't know. The broadcast doesn't say anything. There's no replay. There's no explanation. It's just like like I'm sorry. Like what just happened? Mm-hmm.
0: Nick, back to the offense real quick. Then you know I, I do want to talk a little bit about the defensive struggles uh, last week against a it's Mac freaking Jones. Um, but I I mean f- what what does the offense do from here? What do you see them doing to come out to be successful? Because we have grown accustomed to seeing Josh Allen throw 300-plus yards a game. Mm -hmm. We went how many years without seeing a 300-yard passer, and we've just become accustomed to seeing Josh Allen throw 300 yards a game like he is, you know, like that's normal. Like that is a normal expectation of Josh Allen.
1: Yeah, that's a great question, Charlie. Um, Something I think, and this is like, it sounds really simple to say, and I kind of like hate saying it, But this happened all the time when Dorsey was the OC and there have even been times, I'm sorry, when Dable was the OC and there have even been times in the Dorsey era where it just looks easier for them. And I don't like really know how to explain that. And if it or if it's maybe it's Josh's willingness to hit the check down or hit the back out of the backfield or hit the guy run the ball. Or run the ball. I mean, it's it's there's nothing feels easy about this offense right now. It's tight tight windows, jamming you know rifle throws jamming it into digs, you know of of extending the play, running scrambling, then throwing back to Kincaid. Like there's no. Oh shit, we cleared everybody out. And here's a guy who's two yards downfield who's got five yards of, of space to start running and get a full head of steam and make somebody miss. Like, there's none of the easy stuff. And that's like everything can't be such a high degree of difficulty. Like, mm-hmm. do something easy. Cause like, there have been games this year, you're just like, Josh Allen has the, ooh, this guy's open. That guy's, it's like, see, it's not open 15 yards downfield. It's open. Three yards downfield in space, and they get ahead of steam, and then they pick up big gains. Like, where's the easy stuff?
0: That's the big thing, right? Uh, you know, this—you you mentioned you know this happened with Dable. This has happened, obviously, has happened since the second half of last season with Ken Dorsey. But this is a terrible time for the offense to sputter because this was the easy part of your schedule. This is where you're supposed to walk away with three wins, not not one win and and and, and two losses here you should have been able to pick up three wins and gone 3 and 0 you know if not 4 0 this week against Tampa Did
1: yeah and just up- Jack- jacksonville was was a hot choice to win their division so that i mean they are right. they're, they're a good team but still At least I hear you. competent well, yeah point, not point a bunch left. of seven,
0: seventh graders playing flag football right they're a competent football team i get it but the thing to me is this is the easy quote unquote easy part of your schedule you you have Tampa this week, and then you go and you have Cincinnati. And Cincinnati has finally seemed to figure things out. And Jamar Chase is going to have a heyday with this defense if they don't figure something out. They don't know what they're doing in the linebacker position. And and and, and that's kind of my you know my move into the defensive side of the ball, Nick. But they don't know what they're doing in the linebacker position. I thought didn't think Dorian Williams played bad, but there was a couple plays where he was Literally just standing still. Him, him and Bernard were just standing in the same spot, and a guy ran a crossing route right in front of both of them and picked up 30 yards last week, right? Because Dorian Williams was out of position. Um, I don't like Torrell Dotson by any means. He can't cover, you know, couldn't cover himself inside of a plastic bag. Um and, and then at one point they moved Jordan Porter into the linebacker position. To play alongside Bernard. Clearly, this team is missing Matt Milano. Clearly, this team last week was missing uh Daquan Jones and missing Ed Oliver. They didn't have those guys. You know, uh, um Christian Bedford is playing fine on the outside. Dane Jackson's Dane Jackson, he's gonna, you know, give up, you know, play here or there. What what does this defense need to do? Like, I, I don't think and I I I want to specify, I don't think that they've played bad, right? I expect a lot more from my offense right now. I expect my offense to be able to hey, defense got a big stop, go get points on the board. Right? The defense has played great for 9 out of the 12 quarters. There's been three quarters that they have not played good. You know, or you know, or really the the last drive of the um the first drive and the last drive of the of the, of the New England game where they're least um, you know, or, or were the worst drives
1: of, in my mm-hmm. opinion, of the season
0: so far. What what yeah. does this
1: Stevens need to do? Uh, well, I don't know if they're getting any of these guys back. Like that—that's the scary part. So it's like you're not—you're not holding out hope. Like I don't have much hope that Matt Milano is coming back. Um, listen, I—I th- I think that they need their their intact units, like their strength needs to actually be their strength the defensive line needs to be able to pressure the quarterback without an extra blitzer. Mac Jones had all day to pass. They there was little to no pressure. Um they need to and hopefully and Oliver can play on Thursday, they need to be stout up the middle and stop the run. Like the, that the defensive line needs to be the backbone of this defense. And I think that will the more guys that they can keep in coverage and not have to blitz. That's that's going to be huge, um, but they they got to get home. They got to pressure the quarterback. Von Miller does not look ready. I don't, I don't know. I don't know where he, he you played know, six
0: snaps this last week.
1: I uh, I mean, he looks like he has no burst. I mean, I don't. I mean, I feel bad for the guy. I also don't know. All summer he's like, "I'm ready for week one. I could play." It's like, dude, it's two months later, and you look like you don't, you don't have it. Like like that is. I mean, it's not unexpected because he's a human who tours ACL less than a year mm. ago. Um, but he is is not there yet. And they re- they're missing – they missed the big guys at the middle last week, I thought, for sure, against the Patriots.
0: Well, you know, I'll start with Von Miller. I think part of Von Miller's issue is he still has that knee brace on. Um, you know, and that has to be until at least Thanksgiving. So, We'll see if that comes off or when that comes off. If we see a different burst from Von Miller, um, Greg Rousseau looked like he was playing at like three quarter speed. You know, maybe that toe or foot is still bothering him. Um, you know, not much from Leonard Floyd last week. He's, um, you know, I know he's nursing some injury. Um, like you said, the front, the front two guys, the two defensive tackles. Neither one of them could get pressure to save their lives. Um, hopefully, Ed Oliver can play this week. They did sign Eli Anku. I know not a big not a big deal, but did sign him back to the practice squad after he was cut by by Atlanta. So he's back in Buffalo. I think he gets the call up this week at defensive tackle. He's had good games in the past, and maybe you know maybe him alongside that Oliver maybe does something. I was expecting a lot more out of Jordan Phillips last week. That was really disappointing. Uh, especially against a turnstile offensive line uh, like New England has, um,
1: their line looked good last week.
0: They looked great last week. I mean, against one of the best defenses, you know, uh, you know, in terms of sack in in the league this year. Um, but this Bills defense, it's clear and obvious to everyone that they're missing, you know, they're missing guys. In my opinion, the defense at least has an excuse for why they have times they don't look great. Mm -hmm. They're down five starters. Yeah, right. The offense doesn't have an excuse. They yeah. Well,
1: I I will say, they've been decent against like bad offenses. I'm Mm -hmm. I'm very worried when they play elite wide receivers. Like, what's going to happen?
0: I mean, look, this seems to be a they they, seems to be a team that plays up to their opponents or down to their opponents. Maybe they, maybe the defense plays to their opponent's level that, that week. To me, that, that's Sean McDermott coaching. You know, he's in, I don't want to say he's a defensive mind, you know, defensive minded guru, but he does very good. And I, I, I've been impressed with him calling plays. I like him being a little bit more aggressive. At times, do I think he's aggressive at the wrong time? Yes. But I like him being aggressive and I'm happy with what I've seen from him calling the defense. Um, but again, you you can't just go and replace a guy like a Matt Milano. You can't just go and replace a guy like Trey White, or go replace a guy like the year that Daquan Jones was having. Um, but you need to find that, and I think Ed Oliver has, has played good football this year. The big issue, Nick, is they don't have the bye week till week
1: twelve. And well, the, they, I, they I hate to say they, it, they have I, the the mini bye right here.
0: Well, I hate to say it though, but Nick by week twelve. Yeah, you guys, maybe you guys, you know, get some guys back after having a week off, whatever. But by week 12, if you don't fix shit, your season's over. Not taking the bye after London really came back to bite them in the ass.
1: Uh, it did. And then on on the other hand, they already have four wins. If you get right after the bye,
0: and already have three losses in a tight IFC right now.
1: Yeah, I mean it's not gonna be pretty, but I'm saying I'm saying they already have four. Like let, let's say they, they struggle a little bit, get ready to buy, can get four more wins after.
0: Okay, but we're so we're sitting here looking right now, four wins with three losses. How many more losses can they afford? Because they have the tough part of their schedule coming up with Kansas City, Cincinnati, Sam um, the Cowboys you have some tough games coming up. You can't lose all three of those games. You lose those three. You're looking at six losses. Six losses doesn't get you in the playoffs.
1: Not in this AFC this year.
0: It's too tight.
1: Yeah, I mean that that's a possibility for sure. So so let, let let's let's take this forward into next week. At the trade trade deadlines next Tuesday, Halloween. Mm-hmm spooky I I I read this in a piece that was published this week and I strongly disagree with it but maybe I'm looking at, at it the wrong way here. let's let's say the worst case thing happens and the bills continue to struggle on Thursday. they're four and four going into the trade deadline. Someone in the Buffalo News wrote that if that happens, they should be sellers. I thought it was ridiculous, but let's hear what you think, Charlie.
0: Do I hate it? No. Do I like it? No. Kind of in the middle. They're over the cap next season. You got to find ways to get under the cap, and I know trading guys doesn't help you. You know, it helps you carry dead cap space, right? Um, they can easily get under the cap next season by doing a ton of restructuring, but they need to get themselves under the cap and you know, maybe you move some of those big contracts, but who are you selling? I'm not selling an Oliver. I'm not selling a, um, you know, I'm not selling a, 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 James cook. Um, you know, maybe move Gabe Davis. Um, maybe he's, move he's nuking his market. Maybe move a Jordan Poyer, um, or a Micah Hyde. I, I mean, look, those guys are both, essentially on a one-year contract. We know how it is. We know where most likely is. Um, Maybe move those guys. I I don't know what Buffalo is going to do at the deadline. I Personally, I think, and this is just my opinion, this week against Tampa is a must-win game. It's not a if they win, if they lose, this might happen. No, it's a must-win. They need to win this game. They lose this game, in all honesty, in my own opinion. They lose this game against Tampa. Buffalo will not make the playoffs.
1: That's this a take. Is, this is that, a must, we,
0: must win football game.
1: We, we don't we don't have a board where like we put our hot takes, but if we did, Bills won't make the playoffs if they lose this game. That would be on the take board from one Charles Bukowski.
0: That's I that's my honest opinion. I feel like then this then this team is falling apart. And what do you do? Maybe you do become sellers at that point. You know, All right, no,
1: no, I'm not. I can't listen to that. Listen, okay, you then, have, you then, have then Josh freaking Allen. You're never selling. You're not. Let's you're, look at it this 500, way. Let's, 500 hundred, five hundred. Let's buyers, Nick. What do
0: you What are you bringing in? You have five million dollars in cap space. So tell me what you're bringing in, then, if you're going to be buyers, because, you know, you need, say, five positions. Right, right now of need, you need to find another defensive tackle alongside Ed Oliver. You need to find a linebacker who can play alongside Terrell Bernard because the other two guys that you have have clearly not been able to do it. You need a second defensive back, maybe one who can step in and be CB1. In my honest opinion, they need need a uh, number two receiver. And depending on what's going on with Dawson Knox, you may need another tight end.
1: Yeah, all right. I mean, I think there's there's two ways of looking at it. Keeping in mind that you can't possibly address all of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one one way to go about it, and you gotta keep in mind Sean McDermott is defensive minded. Is you know how can we best plug the defense? What's the best way to to do that? Do we think guys are healthy? Do we need another linebacker? Should we maybe maybe if we plug the defensive line, maybe that, you know, helps everyone in turn or Mm -hmm. or the way that I think would be more fun. Is you go all in on offense and you say, you know what, this is the defense we got. We got some injuries. We got a good coach. We're going to make the best of it. And you know what? We're just going to outscore people. okay we're going to bring in a receiver. We're going to load up on the offense and we're going to say, okay, you, you scored a bunch on us. Okay. But can you stop us? Because we cannot score you. That sounds the most fun for sure. And maybe the most logical. I mean, you have Sean McDermott who's like, that's your bread and butter. He's going to scheme stuff up. He's going to work with what he's got. Uh, and in some way, if, if people, if pieces keep falling, I mean, at some level, you're just, I mean, who cares? You're just, you're just like a key in a cog. He's going to scheme it up and you're just going to do the best you can. And it's not going to be great. It's going to be good enough to give your high powered offense a shot to win the game. And you make sure that that offense is damn near unstoppable. Bring in a receiver. That's what I say. There was a report this week that they restructured Dawkins contract to open up a little bit more cap space. Receiver clearly to me. Gabe Davis, no. I, I I don't get it. I don't I don't understand. Okay, bring in somebody else. Make this offense dangerous. That's like if the offense doesn't figure it out, you're not going anywhere. Period. You gotta get the offense going.
0: So let me ask you this: the four guys that I would see them possibly bringing in. One, and, and this is just based off again what I have read as well online, and you know rumors going around of, of players who are available, but. Uh, Adam Thielen is one that I've seen is my issue with Adam Thielen is he's played 70% of the slot. I don't need a slot. Receiver. Yeah, it's
1: Okay. I don't, I don't see that one. He's a slot guy. I mean, they kind of have two slots okay. that they haven't utilized. And also Carolina's got a rookie quarterback and he's the safety blanket. Why would they ruin their rookie quarterback?
0: That's my thought. Exactly. The other name I'm seeing is Hunter Renfro. He is currently negotiating his contract with, um,
1: with the yeah, Raiders. He, to- he looks like he should be available.
0: But another slot guy. Okay. You know, he t- he's too short, in my opinion, to be a boundary guy. Another slot guy. He's he's a younger Cole Beasley. He can run that route real well. Maybe Josh Allen needs that comfort blanket of a Cole Beasley type of receiver, and they bring in Hunter Renfro. Uh, Jerry Judy is another name that I'm seeing. You know, See, he yeah, can that's... play on the boundary. Mm-hmm. Um, it's sounding Jude.
1: like he's going to be more expensive to get mm-hmm. from the Broncos.
0: And the final name that I'm hearing is,
1: uh, you know, a name we talked about all summer, DeAndre Hopkins. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, listen, honestly, like the the what what they need is it's seeming like like in my brain, like I don't I was I was honestly not mad when they didn't get Hopkins because I was a little bit worried that he was a little bit washed up like in my brain like the way this is unfolding like that is seeming to be like the answer is like go get hopkins he's a big target on the outside who's still a name who's still a threat who's still a mm-hmm. huge guy who commands attention can take some of the pressure off digs he doesn't like you don't need him like Tennessee kind of needs him to be like this game-changing player and he's mm-hmm. not that anymore and their offense like just isn't set up for that anyway um the bills don't need him to do that they yep. need him to have good hands and to like get open six times a game. He can definitely do that. Can he take some pressure off Diggs? Yeah, I think he can. Can he be better than Gabe Davis? That's not really asking much. Can he Can he give him some look? Can he be trustworthy? Can he be a red zone target? Can he be a jump ball threat? Can he be uh, a guy who you throw incomplete to on a 40-yard pass who draws a penalty and gets you that anyway? Uh, I think he can do all that. Uh, I like it. I don't exactly know how the money works at this point, but I mean, he went to Tennessee for the money. He got the money, and Tennessee is already paying a chunk of that. Let me see if I can look it up here. But, I mean, I I say yes on this. Where are you?
0: Well, you looked that up. Greg from Cover One, friend of the podcast, Greg, um, did say that them freeing up that money that they negotiated with Deion Dawkins is enough for DeAndre Hopkins.
1: All right, um, so let's see. He's owed how much more still. But I I I don't hate it, right? I'm with you.
0: He's a guy who's gonna take pressure off of Stefan Dix. He's a guy who has a route tree and can run a route and get open. He's a guy who can, let's face it, catch anything thrown his way. And he hasn't played with an elite quarterback in how many years? There's something left in the tank. I, I you know, I say if if it's there and it's available and you can trade a you know, six round pick for him, go do it. Um. However, mm-hmm. I think he's. I think
1: he's gonna cost more than the sixth. You, you, what are you talking about?
0: Like day two pick? I'm fine with moving. To, I'm not just not moving a first round for him.
1: No, I would. not trade a first, but I would. I mean, maybe it's a player and a pick. I don't. I don't know. It depends what right. Tennessee's looking for. I mean, sixth. It's gotta cost more than that.
0: I mean, moved off the Knox's contract to
1: this. Yeah. All dead. right. So, uh, by the way, I'm, lo- I'm um, looking. At, I'm looking at Hopkins' contract page. A lot of what he was paid was in signing bonus, which is already paid out by the Titans. So his base salary should be doable this year. Uh, next year, he's he's a little bit more expensive, but uh, sounds like next year's problem to me.
0: That's how I feel as well. Do you think? Think think. Uh, Brandon Bean takes the approach of um, the Rams from a few years back and just goes and go do anything you have to do to win. Go buy everyone you have to and figure it out and worry about it next season.
1: Um, I generally would have said yes to that. And then seeing how many injuries the Bills already have this year, I'm wondering if that is not the right thing for this season.
0: I mean, I think you can go and get guys. You got to get a linebacker. I I think if you can get a receiver and a linebacker at the trade line, then I'll be I'll be content. Um or or even a linebacker and a, and a defensive back, I'll be content. I think Ed Oliver really does a lot in the middle to really take away a lot of that pressure mm-hmm. from the, you know, from the defense up front, from the front four and really opened up a lot for the guys on the end. So yeah. I think just Ed Oliver being back alone yeah. is enough.
1: The the bills Uh, under Brandon Bean have not made huge moves at the deadline, right? Like, like I don't. If you haven't made
0: huge moves in general, the only big move they ever made was for Stephon Diggs.
1: I mean, I listen. I think if if they were to get two starting players at the deadline, I would be shocked by that. Like, I think one is. Kind of asking a lot just based on what we've seen that they just typically don't do that. Like if they get one, I'll be like, "Wow, they went out and did it." If they, if-
0: but this is a different year than every other year in the past, Nick.
1: Yeah, that's true. Your offense is
0: struggling. We didn't see that last year. We didn't see that the year before. The offense is struggling, and the defense is bang the hell up. Mm-hmm. So you have to
1: do something. You
0: have to. You yeah. have no choice.
1: I mean, I, I wonder if if a defensive addition is more likely to be um, a familiar face who already kind of knows the defense, who can sl- slide in a little bit easier um, as opposed to someone brand new. Can I give you a name? Yeah, go for it.
0: Not that I – again, I said I don't need a defensive tackle, but
1: – Just don't say A.J. Klein. Harrison Phillips. Ooh, I like that a lot, Minnesota. Well, Minnesota, you know, we were talking about are they going to all go of a to sudden tanks? Minnesota's
0: going to start winning football games now?
1: Yeah, how about that? <laughs> um, I don't know. They're suddenly not going to offload people as much as we thought, but um, love, love that name. I wouldn't
0: if if they go and bring back Harrison Phillips, I'm not mad about it. Um, over the moon
1: about it. Everybody loves right. Harrison Phillips.
0: Well, I mean, and I think. He's really developed into what they thought he was going to be here, and I think he was just a late bloomer. Um, I think if they would have left him here with uh, Harrison Phillips and Ed Oliver on that front four, I think that the Bills front four would have been incredible with with Harrison Phillips here. Um, I mean, I I assume I assume
1: you're willing to include Gabe Davis in any trade. Is that right?
0: I'm willing to include Gabe Davis for a bag of footballs at this point.
1: I mean, what, what was, about, I mean, what if we said Gabe? Like, if, okay, you're Minnesota's GM. You asked for Gabe in a second for Harrison Phillips.
0: Do I need Gabe as the question though? If I'm Minnesota,
1: so you don't even care. You're like, yeah, fuck it, throw him in.
0: Gabe, Gabe in a second for Harrison Phillips. I think Buffalo's given up too much at to that point. But yeah, I, yeah, I take that.
1: Yeah, okay. I mean, I think I think that that's a big ask for Minnesota, but maybe you, you just do it. I don't know. Let me
0: give you another former Buffalo Bill name. A
1: second's a lot for Phil but, but yeah, go ahead.
0: Um, Levi Wallace.
1: Levi Wallace. I'm is not as excited about where's where's Levi. He's right Pittsburgh. Now. I'm not as
0: excited about Levi Wallace as so I would be about Harrison Phillips. But Levi Wallace is a guy who you can come and he knows the system.
1: Yeah, he knows the system. He's been starting in the NFL. That's an interesting name too.
0: He has, you know, when he he had games that he flashed and looked great and he had games that he just looked eh. I think he's an upgrade over Dane Jackson. I think him and Benford, you know, on each side, I, I think that's fine.
1: Um I like I like these are good suggestions, Charlie.
0: That those are the two that uh you know that I think make the most sense.
1: Yeah, again, guys, again again, even people are saying Levi Wallers, that guy suck when we had.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like this, guys, this is the trade deadline. Okay, we are not like you can't you be know, choosy. <laughs> yeah, we're not going to like pick out like this this perfect, you know, piece of jewelry or something. Okay, we're, we're taking what's available here. We're, we're right looking, we're, we're bargain shopping
0: exactly. You got to take what's <laughs> there. And if Levi Wallace and Heron Phillips are the two guys that's there, that's what go and do it because they're not going to trade for Daniel Hunter as much as this, uh, you know, this fan base would love to see him trade for Daniel Hunter. They're not making that trade for Daniel Hunter, they don't need. A quote-unquote linebacker who plays defensive end—they have that already. That's who um, Von Miller is supposed to be. That's who um, uh, Leonard Floyd is supposed to be. So you're not going to go and go go take another quote-unquote uh, defensive end in Daniel Hunter. You don't you don't need to do that or spend that money. Um,
1: yeah, the, the other position what about- was tight end. I don't I don't see them bringing like any significant expense at tight end. If they just if they need a body, they can get go get a cheap blocking tight end. Um, listen, forget the eleven and a half personnel this year. Make make your rookie Dalton Kincaid, who you you know bragged about all summer. Just use him as a tight end like normally, like a pass catching tight end. Like don't don't worry about like making it this this. 11 and a half thing that you can show how smart you are to the whole league. Just throw t- take, take all of those targets for knock. Just give Nick Kincaid, okay? If you need somebody to block, bring in some kind of blocking tight end. Kincaid, get in the ball.
0: Can I give you one more name, Nick? And again, I know that I said I Is it a former you.
1: Bill or like who do you, am I guessing? This is this not.
0: Or? This is not. You're, and you don't have to guess this because you'll never guess it. At least I don't oh. think you would.
1: Give, um, me one, give, me, give me a hint. Now, now you're like making it a challenge.
0: Okay, so it's defensive tackle. Disgruntled. I'll give you two. uh, I'll give you. He's a disgruntled defensive tackle.
1: That sounds like most defensive tackles. (laughs) I don't know. Who you got?
0: Uh, I am going to give you Jonathan Allen.
1: Jonathan Allen? Is he expensive? Let me look him up.
0: Uh, You know, I, I, I don't know. That's my only thing is I don't know. His worst game of the year this year came against Buffalo. He had one assist to tackle that entire game.
1: Oh, he's very expensive. $14 million base this year, next year, and the year after.
0: Do you think he would be a guy that goes to Washington and says, look, redo my contract so I can be traded?
1: I don't know enough about yeah. the players to say that. I mean, you know who else they're talking about maybe offloading Washington? It's Chase Young.
0: I don't need a defensive end, though.
1: A like fifth-year option. I mean, you could kick somebody more permanently inside. You could use them rotationally. I don't know.
0: But I feel like has played well. Rousseau has yeah, played well. Lloyd has. Yep. has played well. Really, the only one that hasn't played good enough yet is Von Miller. And I'm not really going to go and get a defensive end. To, you know, I have three healthy ones who have
1: played. Yeah, that's good true. Football. That'd be like that'd be a bit of a weird addition. But for for
0: for a, a defensive end that really hasn't lived up to the hype.
1: In in Chase Young. Um, if you put that you know, guy on I, Von Miller's team and he just soak up Von's knowledge.
0: They need to you know the the big thing the thing that makes me so upset right now is the fact that they have these contracts. They have this Von Miller contract. They have this Dawson Knox contract that we thought looked great for what they were paying for Dawson Knox.
1: Did we really think it looked great? I thought it was a bit of an overpay.
0: I mean for the year that he had, I think everyone thought that he was just going to go like this, you know, continue to go up. Stock was going to going up on 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 Knox and and it definitely has not. And he's having his worst statistical season yet. Now, how much of that was the risk playing into it the last couple of weeks? Who knows? But I I don't know, man. It's a um if they get out of some of these contracts, they have to be dangerous. I really think the big thing with this team is too, and I don't don't want to necessarily see them build an offense like what Miami has, but they need to find a way to build some speed into this offense. And you have it with Hardy, but you don't use them. But you got to get some speed in this offense. Mm-hmm. Something. I, I I don't know. Yeah. And, but trade deadline is a great time to go do something like that and go bring mm-hmm. in some guys who can boost your team down the stretch.
1: Yeah, listen, the only under-the-radar thing I'll bring up because I'm a little surprised we've gone 50-whatever minutes into this podcast and we haven't mentioned how bad the offensive line played in the Patriots game. I thought it was their worst game of the year, maybe beside the Jets game. Um Is there any chance you see them making an addition on the line? Offensive line? Yeah.
0: I don't know because they spent a lot of money on McGovern. You know, they they we know how they don't really care about draft capital the first year, but I don't think O'Torrance has been terrible. I think he's had a couple bad games. But he's shown flashes that he could be great.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's kind of where I am. Like, you need better play from that unit, but I don't know who you really take out. Like, it's Spencer right. Brown? Like, like, the Bills really want to make Spencer Brown happen.
0: You still got Rick Bates.
1: Yeah, I mean, they have like depth that they like there. Like, they need better play. I don't think right. that's a I, position that they trade for, but I, I just wanted to bring it up because last game, like, the play was not good.
0: Outside of running back, offensive line, and quarterback, to me, anything else is is, you know, take take whatever you can at any other position.
1: Yeah, you know, for uh, for me, I'm sticking receiver.
0: Receiver, I I think receivers needed, but I think offense can fix what what they've done wrong with their current unit, and I think it's all about going and getting guys to make your defense that much better. Because I think this Bills defense is going to be good you know with or without you know some of those guys but when you're down three all pro players like what you are you need to find a way to go and bring guys in to replace them and you don't have those guys on your roster. All
1: right Charlie let's hear it Thursday night football Bills Bucks Baker Mayfield against Josh Allen what do you got
0: <laughs> you know Baker Mayfield this is gonna sound bad and I don't want people to hate me for saying this it's very difficult to sometimes root against Baker Mayfield. I don't I don't think he's the same Baker Mayfield as what we saw coming out of Oklahoma. Like he's enjoyable to watch play football now. And he has some weapons out there with um you know, with Godwin and with Evans. Both those guys, by the way, are both banged up. Um they their running game struggles. Their defense is okay. They have Anton Winfield Jr., former Son of Buffalo Bill or former former son, son of former Buffalo Bill, Anton Winfield Sr. Um and and they got Vita Vea. Vita Vaya uh may not play this week. Um hope maybe they'll look at it and say, Hey, we're gonna hold him out because Josh Allen or um you know Ed Oliver might not play. So if Ed Oliver doesn't play, they shouldn't play Vita Vea just to make it even. I think that's fair. Um But with all that said, Nick, I think the Bills are going to win this week. I think they're going to win a close one. I think we're all in for another heart-pumping, pacing back-and-forth game. Uh, But I think the Buffalo Bills win 24-21.
1: All right, all right. I'm I'm sort of with you in the in the vein. The Bills win it. It's gonna be the Thursday night games are weird. They're ugly. So, you know, the scores can get weird. I'm going 26-19. Bills. Oh wow.
0: Okay. Okay. Does Tyler Bass fixes misses? Although the f- one miss last week looked like it was blocked.
1: Uh, it really it did. Go to the right very hard, and I didn't see the block on the replay. Um, I don't know there. Uh, I, I mean, can you get to twenty six without a field goal? I don't even, I don't even know. Uh, I, I see
0: a two point conversion.
1: Yeah, Tyler Bass. I'm going yes back on the horse. Uh, if if Tyler Bass misses again this week, the questions are going to get real loud. But uh, I still got some trust in the guy. I say yes.
0: Okay. I I, I, for my fantasy team's sake, I need him to get back on, but back on the horse because I think he's my kicker in every one of my fantasy leagues. So if you're
1: worried about your kicker, you
0: got a good problem to have. Oh, trust me, dude. I'm on like the fourth string running back of whatever team I can because all my running backs are out hurt. And I have another dynasty league that I'm in that I have traded. I've pretty much traded all my draft picks away to just try to keep my team relevant this year. And I really just should have pulled the whole two cares, hold on to draft picks and sell the farm. But uh, you know, that was just bad GM work by me going all in to try to win, win the championship this year. Um but yeah, I, I, I look, Tyler Bass has to write the ship, plain and simple. Um if he has another bad game, I'm with you. I think maybe there's we, we see come um you know Friday or Saturday morning that there is a guy coming in to try out for kick. Who knows? Yeah, sad, I don't, I don't know.
1: sad. but true. That's that's how it goes. Um
0: you know what you know what is not sad though, is our great sponsor. Nick, you wanna give our sponsor a shout out?
1: Hey, Ethos Performance Rehab. You wanna feel better, train better, perform better? Uh Charlie, it's hockey it's men's league hockey season up here. What season is it down in, in Atlanta? Uh
0: softball season, kickball season.
1: Okay, listen, you, uh, you know, you, back, you wake up the next morning, back your shoulders a little sore, you go, oh, why, you know, it just, you, you know, it's it might not just be, I'm getting old, it might just be, you need to train up some of those smaller muscles that you didn't realize were there. Eat those performance rehab, it knows how to get you feeling right, hit them up on social media, call them, Dr. Matt, Dr. Zach, tell them the process sent you.
0: Dr. Matt, Dr. Zach are incredible at at Ethos Performance Rehab. Dr. Matt has helped me through multiple injuries uh, throughout my kickball career here in Atlanta. He has definitely uh, got me back up and back on the field very quick. Uh, He also helped me get through some hockey injuries that I've had here in the past uh, when I lived in Buffalo. So give Dr. Matt, Dr. Zach a call. Tell, Tell Ethos that the Process podcast sent you. Nick, do you have anything else for the listeners tonight before we hang up?
1: Uh, hey, if you stayed this far, thank you. Uh give it give us a, a five-star rating if you'd like. Give us a share. Get t- tell a friend. Leave us a review. Uh that's how that's how the word spreads. That's how the process grows. Thank you very much.
0: Grow the process. Remember to always grow the process. I like that. I like that.
1: Um we need, we need a process like Chia Pet over here.
0: The 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 process. That'd be a good one. Yes. <laughs> Uh, that was supposed to be my 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 remake of the Chia Pet jingle, <laughs> very bad, very bad. <laughs> but anyway, appreciate everybody tuning in this week. Uh, you can follow Nick on Twitter at Nick Veronica, on Facebook at By Nick Veronica, or on Threads at Nick Veronica. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Chow sixty eight, and follow the Process Podcast on Twitter at the underscore Process Pod. Thank you all for listening. Thank you all for tuning in. Remember to like, subscribe. All that good stuff wherever you listen to your podcast. But most importantly, remember to always trust the process.
1: Hey,